Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of The Board Game Mechanics. I'm Katie, and with me, as always, is... Hey, everybody, what's going on? It is Jason. You are just catching us at this in-between few days between two birthday celebrations and vacation. It has been... Yeah, so that being said, no episode next week. Up here at the top, we'll let you all know. Yeah, sorry. It's not going to happen. Um, I love you guys, but I'm not recording somewhere else trying to fit it all together on a vacation. But we're excited to go on vacation kind of as a way to celebrate Jason and our oldest daughter's birthdays. Um, although she had a crazy party with a ton of people, got a ton of toys that are everywhere. I'm currently babysitting a Tamagotchi, something that I thought I wouldn't do uh, here and now, you know. 25 to 30 years after I had one. You can let me babysit that thing. It'll be dead in about five minutes. She she will be so upset if you kill it. She's like, daddy doesn't even know how to take care of it. And I said, okay, I'll take care of it while you're at school. I don't need to know how to take care of it because I'm not going to take care of it. So uh, I'm Tamagotchi sitting. It's a well, and if it future dies, career for just, me. Can't you just reset it if it dies? Yes, but she will be very upset if it dies, even if it's a reset. I don't even know if she's named this one, but I've kept it alive and clean to this point. All right, good job. Thanks. That may or may not be like an interesting segue into our, our episode this week. More <laughs> more on that later. Yep. But first, let's talk about some news. I found some interesting things, me and uh, my reporter on the ground, Mike. There's a lot of intriguing stuff out there, both on GameFound, because I have been checking that out, and Kickstarter. Today, I only have Kickstarter stuff, but I'm pretty pretty excited about some of these. The first one is just gratuitous because it is something that only myself want. I mean, maybe there are others. Uh, I saw a quote about this Kickstarter that it was it was sure to be a favorite with armchair detectives, and that is totally me. And this game is called On Circus Grounds. It is this tabletop puzzle game. I actually think this was in a different language first, and now this is the translated English version of the game. So you are solving a cold case uh, that occurred... Um, in Victorian era, like 1883, at a circus. What more could you want, right? Uh, the ringmaster goes dead. So the thing about this is there's like an opening kind of introductory letter, and then you just have a bunch of information, which is cool. So in it, there's like six witness statements. You've got these seven like real 19th century portrait photos. You've got a newspaper article. You've got some letters, a vial with mysterious contents, a flyer with some encrypted scribbles, uh, a notebook of from one of the suspects, a calendar, like a locket, uh, a map of the circus, some tarot cards, uh, files from the original investigating officer, a sealed moldy envelope with unknown contents, a financial document, and a verdict. And so after you kind of do that introductory like letter reading that kind of sets the stage, you get the rest of the stuff and you go through it, uh, make the connections, solve the puzzles at whatever pace works for you. I love that. I've, I've done one of these before with some friends. Frankly, it was too easy. Um, and I've noticed it pop up like in some big box stores. So maybe that's why it was made for 
the average person. I don't, that's a, I don't know how to say it without sounding like really, really stuck up. But I, I read a lot of mysteries. I listen to your crime podcasts. I watch lots of mis- lots of mysteries. I do lots of consulting detective deduction type things in my life. So I feel like I am an amateur detective right here. If if the police force wanted me to consult, I totally would, right? So but not everyone does that. So I think maybe it was, I was like, this seems too easy. Like, I know this is the answer. It's obvious. And my friends were like, yeah, you're right. It feels pretty obvious. And we were right when we checked the, the answer. So I'm not sure the difficulty level of this, um, but I think it, it seems like really cool. I love when um, these like boxes come with lots of different tangible types of clues that you can look through. That's another thing why I really love Consulting Detective. Um, the only thing from the internet that you need for this is you can go to the website and get hints. And then you can also enter in your answers to, to check if you're correct. Another cool thing I think about this besides like, just like the quality, the artwork, everything looks really authentic, like which I think is super cool. Um, it comes with a refill pack. So you can go in and like reset anything, fix anything so that then you could do it again or re-gift it to someone or gift it to someone else. And it's completely like fresh, which I think is like a really genius idea because someone's like, oh, okay, you know, if I play that with this with one group, I could use the refill pack and then another group could play it or I play it once and I learn it and then I could help facilitate you know, you could check and see maybe if it would work for like a teen group or a club or something, and then you could facilitate it. Also, I think that's really great. That sounds awesome. So if that also sounds awesome to you, and you want to check out a murder on the Victorian circus grounds, check out on circus grounds. Um, there's what, six days left on this Kickstarter. Um, the basic edition is $41. That includes the refill pack. They do have like a deluxe edition, which actually comes with a prequel um, that's like a short story that doesn't have puzzles and an epilogue, which does have extra puzzles in it as well. So um, and a printable PDF copy of those things. So you could also go big for $63 for the deluxe. When I was looking at this game, the name of this game, I was not expecting it to be a murder mystery at all. I was thinking it was going to be like an Ark Nova or like a Baron Park type thing. Oh, where you're building a circus. A circus or, yeah, that's what I was thinking. And then you're like, it's a murder mystery. It's like, what? <laughs> that's weird. But yeah, not my jam, but I'm sure people will be into it. The strict, um, hard-handed ringmaster dies. And so that's uh, that that old chestnut. That's what you're investigating. Got it. What I would like to investigate, but I know I won't. So if someone backs this and you want to put to use... That really nice refresh pack. I would love to work something out with you. Yeah. So on Circus Grounds. The next one, another really interesting name of a game. But this is definitely your much more your speed, Jace. And this is called Uluk, I'm guessing. Uluk is uh, it's a worker placement game, Euro style. But you have your own tribe um, that you're trying to build up. So in some ways, it kind of reminds me of Stone Age. And that you're sending your workers out to your little tribe people to these spaces on the board and the main board. You're, ga- you're building monuments, which makes the gods happy, makes people happy. Um, you're gathering like raw resources that you can turn into food. And food makes people happy, which happiness points are good. That's how you win. Um, or you can turn your food into like poison, which makes you hunt better. 
So that's also good for getting food later. You could also make, I think they call it like holiday, holidays, holidays, holiday substance that makes your tribers happy. Um, so apparently you can also make other things with, with your raw resources that aren't food, but have effects on your tribe members. Um, and there's, so you've got like your sending out phase, you've got your harvest phase, um, you've got, then you can process what you get, then you got to feed your workers, which is where Jason had a problem. If you don't feed everybody, you get hunger tokens. If you do feed everybody, they're really happy, and then they make more tribe members, which is always a bonus. Um, and then you're... <laughs> <laughs> I wonder how they do that, huh? Huh? You will be able to celebrate and reproduce, is what they said, getting more tribers for the coming seasons. But that's just more people to feed. But still. That's that's true. It's a catch-22. It is. It is. And there's an ecology phase. You've got, like, these harvest levels because you're really trying to maintain the harvest. If someone – if you harvest a lot of one resource in one season, it's – there's not going to be as much available in the next one because that's kind of, uh, you know, realistic on the ecosystem. So then you can go and you can build your monuments with what you've got and you get ready for your next season. You can develop inventions because, again, your tribe is growing, learning things. So you can your food can be more effective. You can get extra happiness points. It's all about making your tribe members happy. Uh, it's got really cute little artwork. Um, the monuments look cool. Um, you get little – like your tribers are look like little, wo- little wooden screen-printed pawns and each person has a different – type of animal tribe member it looks like there's like maybe some flamingo type things birds there's some hippos and is that like a wolf aardvark i don't know F- different they're different <laughs> they're all different animals i can't tell what they are um and you've got different monuments as well so there's like a lot of interesting little cute artwork just that kind of classic you know build up your tribe you know, gather the resources kind of thing, which I do love a good worker placement kind of resource management game. Uh, this is from Hexi Studios, Hexi Studio from Poland, and they've done um, quite a few other things. It says they've done six or eight. I've never heard. I've never heard of that company before. Oh, it says they have created eight, eight other Kickstarters. Maybe they're not games, but they're because they say they do like three D. Like printing and stuff. So Ulick, Battle, Star Scrappers, Instant Encounters 5e, um, Hard City, the board game, stuff that we are not interested in. But this is definitely up our alley. So if you like worker placement, if you like building up your little civilization, um, doing things like that, check out Ulick. Eight days left, and it's $45. It's a pretty reasonable price. Yeah, it looks pretty cool. I was looking at the pictures when you were talking. Yeah, but it has those cool like minis. Then in order to get that, you got to pay like eighty one bucks. Oh, the minis for the monuments. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That it's a lot. That seems pretty pricey just for some monuments. But I think it also comes with a few expansions. But it does. Co- it comes with a couple expansions. The the deluxe, the all in set. You get like the game, the set of monuments, and then two expansions: ancestral spirits and wrath of the gods. Um, I am kind of interested in this. I might have to watch a video to check it out. Yeah, it seems like something that we would like. It's like if, um, I don't know. like Stone, Stone Age was a good game. If Stone Age and Creature Conference had a baby. Yeah, it does look like that. Yeah, it does. Yeah, hmm. Yeah. so that's a look. The last one, I'm going to be straight up honest. It was cards and Japanese themes. So I'm like, yes, we're going to talk about it. Except I keep giving it the wrong name. Like 
every <laughs> every time I say it. The game I want to talk about is Bakufu. Not Bafuku. I keep changing those in. Bakufu. So Bakufu is the strategic Japanese-themed card game. You're trying to become the shogun. Very popular thing to do in Japanese games um, based in a certain era, right? But the thing about this is you can do it through either getting three war victory points or three peace victory points. So you can go about getting war points by attacking opponents and being successful, or you can get peace points by buying enlightenment cards. And I I like that you can kind of go your own way in this. Um, So there's different types of cards. In some ways, it it looks almost like... uh, Maybe engine or tableau building because you've got cards that are buildings that go out in front of you um, and they are designed to like give you bonuses for like more defense. So if people are attacking you, um, maybe increase your rice production, you can recruit more soldiers. There are like soldier cards that you can use to attack enemies or defend um, and there are different types there's also different types of soldiers. You know, your samurai is going to have more attack and more defense because they're more heavily equipped. You've got your basic entrymen, which are just guys from the field that you gave, you know, like a pitchfork to. Um, there's also other characters that really do unique things for you. They can like help you, like maybe doubling your rice production, which is going to help you buy things. Um, or you can use them to like swap hands with somebody else. Or force them to discard soldiers or to get like their peace points because maybe you're going to play a priest. Um, So there's a lot of player interaction with these cards, but it's not like, yes, you can do direct attacking, but you can also interact without doing that kind of attacking, but just playing these cards. And you've got your enlightenment cards that are going to give you peace points um, that you're able to buy using your rice production in the game. So you kind of choose then the games are quick. It says, I think it says like 15 to 30 minutes or something. Yeah. Two to four players. But I kind of like that idea of, of just playing cards and kind of, again, you know, I love multi to victory and there are multiple ways to play it. They also talked about how they've been testing this, working on it for like a year and the wins have come out to like a, a great balance between war and peace. So really each, each pathway is completely acceptable and totally works, which I absolutely love. So that is Bakufu. There are 10 days left on that Kickstarter, and it's only 23 bucks. That's not bad. I mean, it seems all right, but after talking about the last one, yeah, that, that had all my attention. I know, because it's a worker placement, you know, resource management. And, and, and it looks awesome. It does it look great. awesome. But also, you know, I love a good Japanese theme game, and I think it, this one looks awesome. Simplicity... The characters, um, you know, we got some cherry blossoms in there. All things I love. But that is what I have for crowdfunding this week. All right. So let's move on to some games that we played. We're going to have some uh, games we've talked about before. One we talked about in a different capacity and a failed game. So there we go. Um, So the first game we're going to talk about is a game we talked about on the What's on the Shelf last week. It was one we played because we needed to figure out what it was so we could talk about it at least semi-coherently. And it is called Kobayakawa. Kobayakawa. Or however you say it. Um, And this is, like we mentioned last week, it's a little bit uh, um, like a... It's a two-phase game where you're trying to either get the highest card in your hand 
or have the lowest card in your hand, but make the middle, um, the, or the card that's face up in the middle of the deck, a high card. Because at the end of the phase one, when everybody either puts a new card in their hand or flips a new card face up on the table, then you're going to bet a coin if you want to fight, which means you think you have the highest card in your hand. So everybody will reveal. If you have the lowest card, you get the help of the card that's face up in the deck or face up on the table. And whoever has the highest and all that wins some coins. Simple little game, but a lot of fun. We played that with Katie's cousin and her husband, and I think it went over pretty well, and it's still good. So how do you feel about this one? I feel still. like you butchered the explanation of it so badly. <laughs> That's fine. I mean, people are used to it. It's really, a, it, it is such an easy game. It's got this pusher luck element. It's got like almost like bluffing kind of deduction to it where, you know, the cards are numbered one through 15. Everyone starts out with one card. I can either draw a card off the top and choose to replace or keep what I have in my hand. Because, again, I'm shooting for the highest card. Highest card wins. Or I look at the Kobayakawa card. And if it's like a high number, I'm like, ooh, if I go low, that could be added to what I have. And that could make me a winner. Or you can say, oh, I've got a high card in my hand. I think that Kobayakawa card is too high. It'll let someone beat me. I'm going to change it. The only thing is you can change that middle card but you can't look at the card you replace it with. You just flip it over and put it down. So sometimes they come back and bite you in the butt. Or you're like, oh yeah, I'm going low, I'm going low. And then you see someone else like discard a three and you're like, oh, I bet they have a one in their hand. I have a two. I thought I was the lowest. I thought I was going to get that Kobe Akawa. It's so quick, super easy um, as far as I either draw a card and cho just choose to discard one or I flip over a new card on top of the Kobe Akawa. But that choice is so wrought with like anxiety and like, huh, and like looking around what other people have discarded and thinking what they might have. Uh, that's what makes it really fun. So simple, but like a super fun game. I still, I, I really enjoy it the more we play it. Yeah. So uh, Katie did explain that much better than me, but you should be used to that. That's nothing <laughs> new. So we did, we are going to do an audible. Um, we were making some notes as we were doing this. So I'm gonna we're gonna do an audible. And the next game we're gonna talk about is a game that our oldest daughter actually got for her birthday. And it is called Gabby's Dollhouse. And I think it's like the Meow Amazing Game or something like that. <laughs> it has some silly subtitle, but I've just been calling it the Gabby's Dollhouse game. And I played this with both the girls. Katie didn't play this one, but it's a basic game and she could probably chime in with her thoughts later. Um and what you're doing in this game is you are trying to Decorate the rooms of Gabby's dollhouse, which means there are two tiles in each of the the six rooms, and you're trying to place those tiles down. The ultimate goal of the game is you want to have the most charms in your headband, which is these little cat ears, which Gabby wears. By the time the dollhouse is fully decorated, whoever has the most charms in their headband is the winner. This is a little roll and move game. It's got a little shaker cup that's a cute little cat. You shake these dice and it tells you how much you move. If you roll a cat face, you get a free charm in your uh, your headband. There's different spaces on the board. It's going to let you move up the elevator because you can only decorate rooms in the dollhouse where the elevator is, which is a cool, like, strategic little decision. You may land on a picture of a headband, which gives you a free charm. You may land on a picture of a room tile, which you can get another room tile so you have more tiles to place. Or you may land on this little kitty this little yellow cat that will let you move to the space to its left or to its right to give you a little more freedom. And that's it. You can move either way you want on your turn, and you're just trying to get room tiles, place them down, get the elevator where it needs to go, and ultimately have the most charms so you can be the best of the dollhouse. I'm not sure what the actual theme is, but 
if you had the most charms, you get this cool big heart charm and you are the ultimate winner and that's it. So it's a fun little game. It's kind of reminiscent of reminiscent of uh, pretty, pretty princess or whatever that game's called. Yes. Or you're trying to collect these different things, but they, all the things instead of like necklaces and jewelry, all the things that you're trying to collect are charms. And I think it's a little deeper of a game than pretty, pretty princess because of the elevator moving up and trying to get that in the position that it needs to be. But it was enjoyable for a little, uh, mass market game that's based on a f- off of a Netflix show. I actually had a good time playing it and have a video. So if you want to go see what that's all about, go check it out. So that's the Gabby's Dollhouse game. You want to talk about this one or anything? Sure. Um, the, yes, the title is Gabby's Dollhouse Meow Amazing Board Game. Um, it's, yeah, it's super cute. So you're the official like theme is that you're trying to get ready for a party, a Meow Amazing party. So you're trying to get the dollhouse ready for the party and yourself ready for the party with all these charms in your headband. Gotcha. All right. Um, but I didn't realize there was theme. I thought it was just. Of course you didn't realize there was theme. <laughs> I mean, it has a Gabby's dollhouse theme. I know that. Yeah. And honestly, like, that's the thing is what my kids really liked is it looks like the dollhouse from the show. Um, the headbands are really cute. Look like what Gabby wears. Like, it it really, like, suits, especially for, you know, our oldest daughter who you know, is on the spectrum and she really is only interested in things that are in her special interests. That's just how it goes. Um, this really plays well to that. Something that we enjoy doing, which is playing games, but um, kind of marrying it with one of her special interests. And so I think she was really excited about it for that aspect, if nothing else. <laughs> yeah, she she sat through it. She liked play, wearing the headband and all that oh, stuff. Of course so, she did. Yeah, I don't know how much she loved the game, but... I mean, she tolerated it at least. <laughs> yeah, which is all we can ask for. Our other child will probably play it all the time until we're all sick of it. Yeah, we'll play it more. And and it's not, I, again, it's not like an amazing game. Like, spoiler, we're going to talk about some of those later. But it's better than some other kids' games that I don't really want to play. So we should talk I don't know about if that's this, a rousing. We should talk about this endorsed. last. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. It'll tie in later. But if we prepare it ahead... We would have done a better job, but that's, that's not us. We're just pretty okay. Um, but it is really cute. And we are always trying to find games that our kids enjoy that are not like, you know, putting bamboo slivers on your fingernails when you play them 1500 times. Cause you will, you will play them 1500 times in a, in a day. (laughs) Right. All right. So the next game is actually a game that Katie played with me on my birthday. I think against her will, but that's fine. We played it anyway. And the game is called Trajan. And it's from Stefan Feld. This is a game that I like quite a bit. I think Katie played like a round of it previously. Didn't know how to play. She filled in for somebody. Uh, but we played a full game. And uh, I may have lost. You definitely but, lost. <laughs> if you don't know what Trajan is, it's a it's a game where you have this little Mancala board in front of you with these little different colored like bits. And on your turn, you're going to pick up all the bits from one of the bowls. And you're going to move them around Mancala style. And where you end is the action that you're going to take. And however many bits you pick up is how much it's going to advance the round tracker. So there's a certain amount of time before the round's over, and then you got to uh, meet the demands of the people. There's going to be three demands that you have to meet. It could be religion, could be games, could be food, some combination of those three things. And then when you hit your action, there's six actions you can take. There's seaport, where you're trying to collect commodity cards and ship them. There's military, where you're walking around through these provinces collecting tiles to help you through your you know gameplay or get points. There's built construction tiles, where you're just picking up these tiles for set collection to score some points. There's the forum that are going to give you more tiles 
to help you in your gameplay. There's the Senate, which is just a track you move up to score points and basically is like the determines first player and gives you this bonus tile. And then there's the Trajan section where it's going to give you these little bonuses that you're going to put on your player board when you get certain colored tokens in these certain bowls. When you take the action, if it meets the criteria of the Trajan tile, you get some points and get to do an extra bonus action. And you're just trying to do all that stuff over the course of four rounds, meeting the needs of the people, scoring the most points to be the winner. And that's an oversimplified version of what's going on, but it's not super complicated once you know what's going on. It's typical failed stylings. So, yeah, that's that. I had a good time playing it. I like this game quite a bit. And now I'll let Katie talk about her experience. Uh, yeah, I did feel in like the last turn or something or a final round uh, when Jason was playing with our friends and I was like, what the heck? Like none of the actions really helped at all. Like I just didn't understand. So it, it's not bad. Um, I'm like not anti-Feld, which Jason seems to think I am. Uh, I don't know. I don't love it, but I don't hate it. I like that for certain you can go your own way on this game. So like for me, I got this, uh, really nice Trajan tile, one of my first kind of setups, that if I completed it, I would get three dudes to go to like the building space. And I was like, oh, well, then I'm going to, then I got like an in-game goal that gave me points for each dude that I built with. And I'm like, well, let's just lean into that. And so kind of finding different ways to lean into the goals, to go with what really works for what comes out for you. Uh, I, I really liked some of it. I don't know, like the moving around the little pieces. I just feel like that's kind of arbitrary. Um, there's some extra stuff that I'm like, this really isn't necessary, like, or there should be better ways to get this. But uh, overall, yeah, it was good. It's not, you know, I fear Feld, that's Merlin, but I don't, I like it better than Bonfire, which I really dislike. Um, so I was willing to, I was willing to play it. Part of the reason why I was like, we're playing this is we had just discussed all these games we brought from our friend Chris that we've been wanting to play at two players to see if we really like them. And they're just sitting on the shelf. I'm like, you didn't pick any of those, like several like Japanese themed ones that I'm obviously wanting to play. He's like, no, I want to play Trajan. I'm like, okay, cool. Uh, so it worked out fine. I did like beat him pretty significantly because of my love for the in-game scoring multipliers. Um, well, you made that big uh, shipment of those cards too. I did for ship four of the same card, really which messed is good. me up. Yeah, four things of fish straight off there. So that was I'd been working on that for a while because it was in the back of my mind. But um, yeah, that also added into my in-game scoring too, though. So it was it it was fun. I would I would play it again. I don't know if I'd be like, yeah, let's play Drajen. But if someone said let's play it, I'm like, oh sure. Um, now that I actually understand the game, and it was Jason's birthday, so I thought I should play whatever game he wants. And I pasted a smile on my face, and I did it. And you won, and you didn't hate it. You'll be you'll be all right. <laughs> you'll 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 live to play a game another day. That's right. I said I would play it another day. All right. So those are the three games that we played. Let's keep going. All right. Well, we have foreshadowed and hinted in multiple sections of the precursor to the, our our main topic about kids games. Now, obviously as a gaming family, we love board games and so trying to get our kids interested into it um early is something that we have worked on. Um as as a kid, I played lots of games. But games have come a long way since we were kids. It's not just like everything junior. 
which is what I had. Clue Jr., Scattergories Jr., Trivial Pursuit Jr., Monopoly Jr. We've got better than that. And we have actively tried to find games that we actually really enjoy that work with our kids. So today we've each got, I think, four games that are kids' games. And we specifically, like, their game, other games that we play with our kids, but they aren't specifically made as a kids' game. The ones we're talking about today, specifically made to be kids' games. And we really enjoy playing them. And we think they're they're good because sometimes they can make kids' games just awful. Awful for parents to play 15 times in one hour. So, Jason, what is your first actually really good kids' game? All right. So my first one is a game that we actually picked up at Origins this year. Uh, and I played it with our youngest daughter, numerous amounts of times we've done a live play of it on facebook and it's called magic mountain and this is a game from amigo and it's a really simple game all you're trying to do is you set up these different colored witches on the board there's four blue ones and i think four black ones depending on the difficulty there you can make it harder and what you're going to do is you're going to pull a marble out of the bag and the marble has a certain color and you're going to put that marble at the top of the board, and you're going to let it go. If it hits a witch, it moves the witch to the next color space of that marble color that's in its path. And it does kind of like an S pattern. If you hit a black witch, they move down the, the, the board. You want to hit blue witches because those are the good witches. You're trying to get them to the, the wizard so they can learn all their spells and stuff. So you're trying to balance out where you go, but the marbles are random. They take whatever path they want. And then you're just trying to get more of your witches at the bottom before the black witches that's it simple game not a ton of strategy it's a lot of randomness but it's really fun and we've had a good time playing it so that's my first one magic mountain didn't this win the spiel the kinder spiel uh i believe so yes i know i think i so. know it was nominated um we actually saw it kind of demoed at gen con last year and i kept trying to look for it and it was actually being sold at origins so we knew we wanted to get it you know i love anything with a witch yeah, you got it. And one. it's super it was super cheap too for what's in there. Yeah. Really nice components as far as the quality of it. And the game is just, I think, interesting. Like just an interesting little like puzzle type game. It's good. My first game on my list should be no surprise. Uh it's a detective game. And my daughter actually loves this, our youngest, she loves this game. Um and we haven't finished it yet because we love it so much. And that game is called Detective Charlie. Um, this is from, is this from Loki, I believe? Yes, Loki. Yes. Hey, look at me go. This is from Loki, which is like the most adorable company, like, logo that I've seen, like, ever. It's super cute. But in Detective Charlie, you are helping Detective Charlie solve mysteries in Mister Mr.ville. <laughs> Um, so there's uh, these adorable little citizens and I believe there are five cases that come with it. I really, oh my gosh, if they do an expansion, I will lose my flipping mind. Um, but you get a little case and it's just through cards. So the first one will say like, here's kind of what happened. And then you have these clue cards that are set around a clock. And you move Detective Charlie around by rolling this die to interview uh, the different witnesses that saw what happened. And you're going to use what they tell you to deduce who is the culprit. And now, I mean, the mysteries, it's not anything bad. Like, 
someone took all the chocolate from the chocolate statue, but it was for like some kind of wholesome reason. Or um, someone got a package of swim trunks, but they're completely the wrong size. Who do they really belong to? You know, things like that. Um, but it really is so good at teaching kids about deduction. So the the box is also used as part of the game. The scenario you're playing will tell you which of the people are your suspects. And you set them kind of in these holes around the board or around the box. And so you can see them all and turn them around. And then um, when you know that they're not, they can't be the culprit, you can remove them so you can see who's left. So it'll be things like, oh, they, you know, they had to be a tall one. So you're like, okay, well, that rules out the mouse or things like that. So it's helping, like, I use it to help Rory kind of think through this kind of deduction things like, oh, it said that, you know, the person didn't know how to swim. Like, who said they didn't know how to swim? Like, do you remember that? Or, um, okay, these were the footprints were really big. Like, who has big feet that, you know, what, what might that mean? And kind of helping her start thinking through the, that deductive process. I should probably have Jason play this because I think it would maybe help some of the other games we play. No, I can do this one. This one's like the deduction that I can do. <laughs> it's my level of deduction. It's it's super cute. You're trying to solve the case as quickly as possible because um, you can also roll these like stopwatches and it moves the time ahead. You don't ever really lose. You just do better than others. Uh, and then there's a little envelope that tells you who the, who the suspect is that's left. Uh, all the animals are absolutely adorable. I have my favorites. Oh, my gosh. The otter. Oh, he's so cute. Even like Carl Crab. I mean, they're just they're just so cute. But it is such, I think, a really great intro to like case detective deduction work and i'm so glad there is a game it's not clue junior but it is kind of in that vein but in just like a fun way again my daughter loves it so my first choice is detective charlie yeah this is a good game i don't like it as much as some of the other ones on my list but it is fun to play and she really likes it all right so the next one on my list is a little push your luck game it's kind of almost a kid's version of Quacks of Quedlinburg. I know there's one of those now, but this was before that. So, you know, give me a break. And this game is called Creatures and Cupcakes. And what you're doing in this game is you have, you're controlling four magical creatures. And there's these four different colored tracks. And what you're trying to do is you're trying to get two of your creatures to the center of the board to display them for the Cupcake King and Queen. And the way the game works is in the, you have this little bag. It's filled with these different colored cupcakes and some purple ones. And what you're going to do is you're going to draw a cupcake out and you're going to move your creature that many spaces. The trick here is if you ever pull two cupcakes out of the same color back to back, you bust and you can't move anything. And you either get a special card that has some kind of special power on it or you can take uh, an elixir, which will help you from busting in the future. And if you get two purple ones back to back, you bust, but you're also going to get a free card for that as well. Cause there's no track for purple. You're just trying to get some cards and it's a really fun game. Uh, it's actually pretty tense trying to pull those cupcakes out to see how far you can get before you bust. Um, I like it quite a bit cause I love pulling stuff out of a bag and then we don't play this one anymore. So I don't know if our daughter likes it that much anymore. or forgot about it, but either way, this is a fun game. And if you like quacks and you were looking for a fun game, like to play with your kids, I would say give this one a shot. So that's Creatures and Cupcakes. 
And the uh, artwork is adorable, too. She's probably just forgotten about it, to be fair. I think that's probably true. I think I played it once, but I don't remember, which is not surprising. I I get that. <laughs> um, oh, if you played it, you'd remember it because it's good. Really? I, I really think that we played it and I don't remember it. Or I filled in or helped her. I don't know. Something. I, yeah, I have no idea. But it is, I think it is one of the better ones. And I think if we said, why don't we play that? She probably would. Uh, the next one, we also haven't played with her very often, but I probably like it more than our kids do. And that is My Little Scythe. Previously, before the last time we played Scythe, I was like, forget it. Scythe sucks. Um, and the, I only want to play My Little Scythe because it's adorable. I mean, I guess they couldn't get the rights to My Little Pony, but it is so close. Who who cares? Um, it is like Scythe. But just it's stripped down to its basic parts. So you can go out and like do questing type things. You can collect apples and uh, you can also throw pies. Do you get gems too? Why does that sound? Aren't you? Yeah, there's gems. And gems. Yeah, there's gems. You can deliver apples and gems. Okay. I was like, I think there's two things apples and gems. You also have the most adorable um, like workers ever. Everyone has their own little animal like faction and they're so stinky cute. I can't stand it. Like I don't paint miniatures. And if I did, I wouldn't paint these because they're too cute and I would ruin them. But I would love someone to paint these miniatures because they're so adorable. I just want to play with them. But the game is also fun. Like it is that basic idea. Like, okay, I'm gonna I can collect stuff or I can fight somebody else, but it's cute. Like I'm gonna throw pies at you. Hee <laughs> hee. I love that. Um, I can get gems or I can just solve these little quests, which ask you kind of the same things that the questing type stuff does inside, where you go to a space and you're like, okay, are you gonna do this, this, or this? And these are the things you get for what you do. And I think you're racing to get stars in the same way that you do with Scythe. It's just like Scythe, but the best parts in an adorable package. And I I just think it's really good. I mean, I have a better appreciation for Scythe now. We have it again, and I've played it um, without Joel. And so I like it much better. Um, but I don't, again, I don't love games where it's like, oh, race to the certain mark, and that's when the game ends. I don't like that. I'm going to be like, you gather your points, and I gather my points. But in this kind of a small package, um, a shorter time frame you're playing for, and just the cuteness overload, like I would probably rather play My Little Scythe over Scythe any day. So that is my second choice. I mean, it is a big game. Like physically, it takes up a lot of table. Oh, yeah. But it plays in 30 minutes, which is pretty nice. Mm -hmm. All right. So the next one on my list is a game that I missed out on in my childhood because I didn't have it. And I thought it was for girls, but I have it now and I play it with adults, but I think it's a kid's game and it's called Mall Madness. Um, and this is exactly what it sounds like. You're moving around a mall, going shopping, trying to buy the best and cheapest stuff to make it out to your car before everybody else. So it's a race game. You're going in buying stuff, getting out of Dodge. But the way this one works is when it's your turn, you're going to push this button in the center, like electronic thing and it's going to tell you which color player is moving and how much you're moving you may all have to go to a bank you may all have to go somewhere else someone may have left their lights on you have to go back to your car so it's going to do that it's going to put items on sale it'll put items on clearance and then you're going to move however many spaces it tells you to move and if you have enough money you can buy you, you can buy some stuff you can go to the bank get some money out by putting your little credit card in there which is pretty cool and kind of ahead of its time a little bit and then 
whoever buys stuff first is out. This game is so much fun. I'm bummed that I didn't play it when I was a kid because it probably would have been way more fun. But I still love it, and our daughter likes it quite a bit, and that is Mall Madness, and one that will stay on our shelf until it dies, for sure. (laughs) I did play Mall Madness. I had a copy as a kid, and I loved it then, and I also do really enjoy it now. Um, I don't think the card thing is ahead of its time because it's like an ATM. (laughs) Well, that's true. It It just feels different than some of the other games that were around. You have to go get cash out because... Oh, yeah, that's true. I, yeah, I guess it's not a credit card. You can't use the credit card, which is hard to explain to our children. Like, okay, yeah, I know you have a credit card, but you can't actually use that to buy what you are getting at the store. You have to have the cash to buy it. And they're like, but I have the card. I'm like, well, yeah, but. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we still have ATMs today. We just barely use them. Yeah, it's it's such a good game. Uh, the next game I did not have as a child. And I, I actually think this was an Ollie's purchase, if I'm not mistaken. It was. I saw Kenitsi and I saw Cute Little Eskimos and I picked it up. Oh, I didn't realize this was a Reiner Kenitsi game. Not that I would ever be able to identify any other Reiner Kenitsi games off the top of my head. Um, but sure. Great Kenitsi. Uh, this game is called Go Go Eskimo. I love it because it's cute. It's got cute Eskimos and a cute polar bear. But it actually is like a really stinking good game. So in Go Go Eskimo, you are using cards to move Eskimos around, right? Uh, they're moving along this track. You're trying to collect fish. Um, so you're all moving the same Eskimos, but you're trying to move them with the cards that you have to get the fish before other people get the fish, And there are different colors of fish. And so you get kind of like a fishing license. You have these fishing licenses that allow you to like sell your fish. Well, once you sell at the end of a round, you can only sell one type of fish. And then you give up that license to sell the fish. So the next round, you don't want that same color of fish anymore. But maybe other people also sold that same color of fish. So now none of you can get that color of fish. There is some strategy to it. And like, I'm going to move this Eskimo. I don't need that color fish, but I know you do. And I don't want you to get more because if you sell it, like that's a lot more points than me. So there is this real, there is some strategy to it more so than just, you know, a basic kids game. Also, again, adorable. I mean, that's just, it's so cute. The Eskimos are cute. You can move this polar bear to kind of as well he's on some cards and that allows you to block some of your other opponents so there is good strategy to this game um and that's why i really like it and that's go go eskimo oh yeah this is a great game i've played it with rory tons of times we've made brandon play it um we've played it with rory it's so good great little game and simple but still gives you enough strategy that you're not just sitting there like rolling dice and going through the motions like you're actually doing something and making some decisions which is fun All right, so the next game, and the last one I'm going to talk about, is another game from Loki. I think we got this at an Origins or Gen Con or something. And it is called Kraken Attack. And this is a cooperative kids game that um, where everybody's taking on the role of this little pirate. And you're trying to defend your pirate ship against the Kraken. And the way that you're doing that is you're going to be rolling some dice. It's going to move these... um, these pieces closer to to the board, these cracking tentacles closer to the board based on what ro- what you roll. And then you're going to be playing cards from your hand with different weapon types. There's going to be a sword, there's going to be a cannon, and there's going to be a pistol. Based on where you are in the boat, different um, weapons will give you different um, abilities to hit certain things. So a sword, you can hit things that are closest to the boat. A pistol's mid-range, 
and a cannon can hit anything in the far back and all the way to the front. So you're trying to shoot these tentacles to push them back before they get to the boat to push, to make holes in the boat. You get too many holes in the boat, the boat sinks. Uh, if you kill enough tentacles, the Kraken comes in. Then you got to defeat the Kraken. If you can do that, you win. And every player has a special ability. So they they have a little character with a special ability that they can do on their turn, which kind of gives kids, you know, a taste of that because a lot of board games have asymmetric powers and all that kind of thing. It's a fantastic game. It's actually pretty hard for a kid's game. Like, I don't win it all the time, but we have won it. But for every one we win, we probably lose one. It's really fun, great components, great art, and one that I like playing quite a bit. So that is Kraken Attack. Yeah, this wasn't on my list because I've actually never played it. But I have heard, you know, Rory say, and even she played it with, like, I think one of her babysitters, our friend Brandon and Josie's daughter. And (laughs) their daughter was like, yeah, this was really kind of hard. So I think it's nice. Like, yes, you know, you want to be able to win. But I think there are obviously lessons to be learned from losing as well. (laughs) Uh, My last one is a game we have talked about before. This is a game that I don't know. It it must have been a part of somebody's childhood, but it wasn't mine. Uh, But it's a classic for me, and it should be no surprise. It's who was it? It's also the great Dr. Reiner Knizia. Okay. Well, there we go. Now I've got two. So Renekitsia game, um, this is again another kind of mystery game in a lot of ways. Not as direct, not really direct deduction like um, we had with Detective Charlie, but you are trying to figure out who stole the ring, the magic ring, and you have a certain time to figure out who stole this magic ring. So you're moving around um, each, your players, you're working together, you're moving around this castle visiting different animals in different rooms, uh, looking for like objects that you can use to feed the different animals in different rooms. So they'll give you more information. You're like opening locked doors and you're doing all of this by pushing these buttons on top of this jewelry box, which is totally a gimmick. Yes, absolutely. Do I always want to be the person touch punching the things into the jewelry box? Yes, I do. Is because I have a control freak issue, probably, but also well, and part of it is, and Rory pushes the wrong button sometimes. (laughs) There is that, and then that kind of messes up what happens. But I also just I always want to be the one to press the buttons because that's the funnest part. Um, Like, ooh, okay, we're going into this room, and uh, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna press them. We're gonna see what's magic in here. We're gonna use the magic, and then you see what happens, or you're like, oh, the ghost. The ghost shows up and chases everybody back into a different room, like. It's just you're like searching, kind of doing like detective type work, um, but trying to eliminate certain suspects in different rooms to figure out who stole the ring and get it before the wizard comes and takes over the kingdom. I feel like the um, theme is pasted on just a tad. Oh, 100%. There's no theme to this game, but I, I would say of all the games on this list, this is probably the one that. I've had the most fun playing because I love that gimmick because I love gimmicks. <laughs> so good. More than Mall Madness. That's got a gimmick too. Uh, that's true. It's a toss up between those two. But I do really like Who Was It. It's a great game. But the thing is like Mall Madness, like Jason is like the Mall Madness champ. Like it's just. Oh, I can shop better than everybody. It's disgusting. Like I played this a million times growing up. He always wins. It makes me so flipping mad. But Who Was It? Nobody can win without me. 
That's true. That is true. Um, yeah, we even played it on hard, and with with Katie, we can win in you know no time. Played it on easy with with Rory, and we lose every time. <laughs> <laughs> Yep. So those are our list of our favorite kid games, games that we love that aren't your mainstream junior games, uh, but that are good for kids and families. Like now, again, we play other games that are not specifically kids games with our kids. And yes, they are good. There's lots of family weight games, lots of games that are perfectly acceptable or, you know, accessible for kids, but these are made for kids. So what are your favorite kid games? that I'm sure we haven't mentioned because we, you know, we don't have a ton. We're always looking to grow our collection. So hit us up in our social media platforms. Um, you know, may, let us know if you found, if you think, oh yeah, I think I have a kid in my life that would like that game. Where did you get it? We'll try and help. <laughs> Ollie's was for some of the Reiner can see games. Um, but again, like, yeah, we'd love to hear about more kids games that you like because you know, we think gaming is something that is really great to do as a family, um, especially in the time that we live in when there's just so much, you know, going on with technology and we can get separated from the people around us. So board gaming is a great way to put down all those devices, shut off that television and spend time together. Yeah, I agree. And just because like, you know, there are tons of other games that we could have mentioned on this list, but we don't want to be here all day. Um <laughs> We could have probably done a top 20, top 30 kids games because we have quite a few that are mm -hmm. really good. And, you know, it doesn't it doesn't have to be the greatest game in the world. It just needs to teach kids something and show them that there's more to gaming than just Monopoly and juniors for sure. Yeah. All right. Well, I feel like this, this is a really fast episode. And then I looked at how, how long our recording is. I'm like, well, it's, it's about average. Normal. Yeah. All right. Well, enjoy your week without us as we go vacation. Um next week but we'll be back on our way you know when we come back and hopefully we'll have played some games while we were gone so we can talk about them we'll see all right i've been katie and i'm jason keep gaming everybody keep gaming The Tamagotchi pooped and I had to clean it up.